Have you ever had any questions about the Bible that you just couldn't get a solid answer for? Perhaps someone gave you answers, but they were confusing or not biblical. You tuned in at the right time and place to find real answers from God's Word, the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. Be sure to turn your radio down when you call. Live from Guam, join us now for Straight from the Bible with Pastor Louis Moffness. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for giving us another day to come together and serve you, Lord. And we like to pray for all the listeners and for us, Lord. May you bless us with your Holy Spirit. May you come by here, guide us and direct us, and help us to answer the questions that may come. And Lord, may it be a blessing for those hearers. Be with us now, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 686-9999. And that is if you're uh, texting through WhatsApp. Now, you can go and uh, you can email your question in, and here's the address to use, B-I-B-L-E at joyfmradio.net. Again, that's B-I-B-L-E, Bible, at joyfmradio.net. And, of course, you can follow us on Facebook. If you go to facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio, you can go to our live stream. And there in the comments section uh, underneath the live stream, you can leave your question there, and we'll see it immediately, and we'll get to your question as soon as we, as soon as we can to answer it from, straight from the Bible. Now, you, if you are listening to this program at any other time besides Monday from five to six, then you're listening to a rebroadcast. You can always contact our office here at Joy FM uh, at any time of the week, but uh, the live program is where we will take your question and answer. Okay, so go ahead and light up our lines. Our operators are standing by, and we'll look forward to talking to you. Okay, it looks like we have our first caller right off the bat, Elder Francis. And, uh, um, you know, I Amen. haven't thanked you yet, but thank you for being with me here on the program today. Oh, wonderful to be here, Pastor. <laughs> okay. It's a blessing always. Let's talk to Lynn as she is waiting for her uh, Bible question to be answered. Okay, hello. This is straight from the Bible. Lynn, you're on the air now. Hello. Hi, I have a question. Um, before I became Christian, I got married by the senator okay. who appreciated my, and it was just, you know, in the office. So now that I'm a Christian and I've been married for several years now, over 20 years, do I have to, is it biblical, okay that I was married there, or do I need to get married in church by a pastor? That's a very good question, Lynn. Um, I will go on the record right now that uh, my wife and I, who have been married for 25 years almost, this month actually, <laughs> uh, we we also got married in a civil service in court. And so that is a good question. There are a lot of people who are answering, who are asking that question. Uh, Elder Francis, do you have, or before I start talking, do you have uh, a, a, a reply to Lynn's question about whether or not she, she has to have a church wedding now because before she became a Christian, she uh, got married in civil service with a senator. You know, when uh, the Lord instituted marriage in the Garden of Eden between Adam and Eve, uh, marriage is a very sacred um, situation in terms right. of union. It was so sacred that God said it was called holy. Right. So it is a very important uh, union between a husband and wife and, mm -hmm. and Although you did get married in a senator's office, that senator was legally um, entitled to marry couples mm -hmm. here, and I Very guess true. he had uh, signed your certificate. So in the eyes of the Lord, you have done already the marriage union. You did it mm. the right. I know it wasn't in church, but you can always have a church wedding. Yeah, nothing um, wrong with that. I've had many friends who were married in court or at the senator's mm -hmm. office or even by the beach, by <laughs> I've by, seen um, that too. By senators or or even officers who are who are legally licensed to marry people, mm -hmm. but later on, of course, they decided to have a church wedding. So legally and also in the eyes of the Lord, you have betrothed yourself to your husband or mm -hmm. your wife, if you're a male, to yes. your your wife, and or if you're female, to your husband. And so, in God's eyes, according to the Bible, it, it meets the criteria of, mm. of a legal wedding. I agree. But do you, it, it's not biblical because back then they didn't have uh, senators <laughs> uh, marrying people. Uh, they were usually done. Um, 
Pastor Lewis might have a, a more better picture of how the, the Israelites <laughs> how it was used done to marry. Back then. Yeah, marry back then, and and throughout the world, wherever you go, actually, marriage, even though uh, people aren't the same everywhere. If you look at in terms of um, hmm. nationality, in terms of how people get married, it's always the same thing. Hmm. You have a husband, wife, uh, the officiating person to sign the the document, and then witnesses. witnesses. Hmm. So you need witnesses to see that this marriage was hmm. indeed open, and the commitment was to each other, and yes. there were witnesses to see that w- wonderful uh, union. And so the Bible, I'm not too sure yeah. pastor has any Bible text uh, well, concerning marriage, but yeah. throughout the... I, I would like to um, ask that people who are, because there are some people who say, well, I was married in court or I was married by a senator. I wasn't married by a, 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 a reverend or a priest or a pastor. So, you know, maybe God wasn't in it. I would like to consider, I would like to ask that we consider Romans chapter 13 and verse 4. In Romans 13 verse 4, it says, "For and it's talking about the government officials. It's talking about the people who are ruling in government under with government authority. It says, for he is the minister of God to thee for good. So, uh, and then later on it says, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. So the people who are in authority to rule over the land, we're talking about presidents, we're talking about um, uh, governors, we're talking about uh, people who have the authority of the government to perform a marriage. The Bible calls them ministers of God. And this is something that Jesus himself believed. When, when uh, Pontius Pilate said to Jesus, don't you know that I have the power to release you or to have you crucified? And Jesus didn't deny it. He said, you wouldn't have power unless it were given to you from above. Mm-hmm. And so even Jesus uh, recognized that Pontius Pilate did, he was the, uh, he had God's power and he was encouraging Pontius Pilate to exercise it correctly. Mm-hmm. So if you were married in court or through some civil service, in God's eyes, that's still a marriage. Now, like myself, um, my wife and I, after several years of being married, we decided to have a church wedding and ha- have a renewal of our vows. And that's, at, you know, if you want to honor God in a more full manner, then that's a wonderful thing, too. But if if uh, all you have is a civil service, that is still a marriage in under the eyes of God and under God's authority. And under the eyes of the local government. And right. so that's why marriage is very important, that it has to be a legal union. Mm-hmm. Uh, people can't just say, hey, let's just... Um, Live together. Say, no, no, <laughs> let's just say we're married. Yeah, and, and that's it. <laughs> it's, that's it. Like, you, me, married. That's okay. it. We just said we're married, therefore you're my husband, or therefore you're my wife. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's, there a, lot more to, there's a lot more to marriage yeah, than that. Legal... Yeah aspect to it to show that in the eyes of heaven and the eyes of the earth, I guess, if you want to call it that, mm. um, that that union is legit. I hope that helped. Does that answer your question, Lynn? Yes, it does. Thank you so much. You're so thank welcome. You and thank call, you. Lynn. Yeah, thank you for you, calling. You must have a lucky guy there. <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> okay, well, that was a wonderful question off the bat. I did see that we had another caller that it looks like we... Uh, uh, lost connection with. We're very sorry. If you'd like, Please. you can return your, that call. Okay, I think that she left the question with us, and here is the question: Is there a biblical explanation for a blood transfusion? I've heard this question before. Is yes. our bl- is blood transfusion a is blood transfusion prohibited by God? Uh, is there a biblical biblical explanation of whether or not we can have blood transfusions? So here's the first thing I'll talk about medical history. Mm-hmm. Um, back in Jesus, biblical times, Jesus times, there was no medical way of taking one person's blood mm-hmm. and then transfusing it into another person. So it just it simply didn't exist. Yes, at the time. Right. But we do see that the Bible does say that there is life in the blood, which means that blood actually can give life to someone who needs it. And, of course, your life is in that blood. And, therefore, when some people look at that text, and I'm, I'm not going to mention which denomination, they feel that it is something that you cannot take someone else's life for yours. Uh, maybe it's maybe they look at it as... Um, well, actually, I think like murder, we're, 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 what, what, you, no, sure. what you're referring to is the 
they actually believe that the verse that says you shall not eat blood or drink blood, maybe that they say that yes. that prohibits blood transfusion. When actually a blood transfusion is not eating blood, yeah. and uh, before a, ber- a person is um, receives donation of blood or blood platelets or whatever, they make sure that the blood types is uh, match, yes. that the blood that is being transfused is free of any disease, and so it's 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 guaranteed to be healthy. Um, and if the Bible says you shall not eat blood, that does not prohibit blood transfusion because you're not eating it. Um, and as you said, the Bible says, uh, for, uh, the life is in the blood. That's in the book of Leviticus 17, 17, 11, right? The life is in the blood. And Jesus says that, uh, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. And so if, uh, if it meant saving a person's life, uh, then yes, yes, uh, it, it was a, it's a very Christ-like thing to yeah. give uh, life-giving blood to somebody else. My daughter um, was in the hospital a few times, and mm. she was saved um, more than once through blood transfusion, and that wouldn't have been possible for yeah. loving people who donated yeah. that, and uh, my, uh, my, I still have my daughter yeah. today because of that. Amen. You know, you know, Pastor Lewis, that just made me think that mm-hmm. without people being able to donate their blood to be used to save other people, there would be so many deaths today. Like, so True. many people would be dead today if there was no life-saving uh, precious blood which can extend a person's life. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, like uh, Pastor Lewis had mentioned, some people see it as so... Um, how do you say so against the Bible? But the Bible doesn't say we cannot use blood for transfusion. So it simply didn't exist back then. <laughs> but if you think about it, like Pastor said about you know laying down one's life, and that's why people give so that their blood, so some other people may survive or live. Mm-hmm. You don't know how. Pers- I used to donate blood, by the way, when I was in the military. Yeah. So I, I I've donated myself. Yeah. yeah. They would always have these blood drives, and I always thought as important, even though. I don't know where the blood goes, you know, to who it goes, but I always used to pray and say, Lord, please let it help someone. You know, and people, so that uh, was something I would pray about as I gave, as I lied there getting the, <laughs> you know, the blood uh, withdrawn. <laughs> people have been saved with uh, people who donate organs um, and, uh, yes. you know, other things from their body. And it is, it is a way to either better a person's life or to save a person's life, which is a very Christ-like thing to do. Yes. And uh, once more, the procedures are, you know, relatively safe because they screen and they make sure uh, before something happens and they monitor after the transfusion or the transplants. And so everything is done very safely and in a way of health. And so we, we applaud that God has allowed medical science to, to take this route so that many people can enjoy better lives or even save lives. Or longer lives mm. than what would have ended. That's right. So thank you very much for yes, that question. I believe question. I believe the caller's name was Liz. Oh, thank so, you, Liz. Thank, thank you, you very much, calling. Liz. Okay. So it, the wonderful questions right off the bat. Yes. It's so wonderful to have everyone calling, and we encourage you to continue calling. So don't uh, don't let the don't let uh, don't let the silence come in. Come <laughs> just keep ringing our phones. Our handsome operators are standing by, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm here with one. I'm here with Elder Francis Bellaris, an elder of the um, Seventh Day Adventist Church in Agani Heights, a, a Bible teacher and preacher, and we are just wonderfully we're we're just happy to open the Bible with you. And so, thanks for tuning in. Go ahead and dial four seven two eleven eleven if you're calling from Guam from the CNMI. It's three two three one 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 three. And, of course, you can go to facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio and leave your question in the comments section, and we'll see it, and we will bring a, a an answer straight from the Bible. Yes. Okay, it looks like we have some email, email questions. questions. That's right. And here's the first one, and it's anonymous. There is no name attached to it. It says, why did God allow David to keep Bathsheba as his wife, and where is David? Is he in heaven? That's a two-part two question. question. That's yeah. right. Okay, uh, which part should we take first? The Let's easier, talk about yeah. The easier one is where is he now? Yeah, where is he now? And uh, Acts chapter two, yeah, verse twenty-nine. Acts two twenty-nine tells us where David is now. Is he in heaven? 
Um, right. So yeah. according to Acts chapter 229, men and brethren, let me fr freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, King David, mm -hmm. that he is both dead and buried and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. So this is after Jesus died and rose and went to mm -hmm. heaven. And this is about 50 days after. That's plenty of time to get to heaven, I think, <laughs> if uh, you were resurrected. And it says plainly that David is dead and buried and his grave is still with us. That tells us that he is not in heaven. You can jump to verse 34 right. as well. Mm -hmm. And they were talking in between about Jesus, resurrection. And verse 34 of Acts chapter 2 says, For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand. And so it says plainly that he is not ascended into the heavens. Yeah. So David has not received a resurrection yet. He is peacefully but, resting. But I, I, I believe it is a, an, an, it's a sure thing <laughs> that he is going to be one of those who are righteous, resurrected with the righteous, and he'll receive his reward when everybody does, when yeah. Jesus shall return. Amen. Okay, now the first part of the question, why did God allow Bathsheba, uh, David to keep Bathsheba? Okay, for those of you who are not familiar with the Bible story, David um, committed adultery yes. against one of his own soldiers, Uriah. And then and, murder. <laughs> yeah, got her pregnant and then arranged things so that the husband will become killed in battle. So it was a murder. You're yeah. right. So and then he took Bathsheba he as his wife. So that he would die because mm -hmm. knowing that in the front lines, mm -hmm. he would perish. Right. And therefore and then he would be free. Free to marry, to marry Bathsheba. Bathsheba because she would be a widow. Yes, right. So indirectly circumventing the law. <laughs> yeah. But little did he know that was still breaking God's law. Well, absolutely. Well, first of all. Well, he knew. But adultery. Yes. Adultery and then uh, making it so that he uh, conspired against the life of one of his own faithful soldiers. Very faithful soldier. He loved David. <laughs> so we know that this was not God's will. This was not, God did not want David to do that. He sent Nathan the prophet to rebuke David and uh, David's own child that Bathsheba was going to give birth to died as a result. Yeah. So the question here is why did God allow David to keep Bathsheba? That's a good question. I like that question because... You know, when two people are married, even if it's a wrong marriage, you married the wrong person and you you did it out of sin and you did it out of, well, real, real bad sin like David call, did. What we call shotgun Does weddings. God, yeah, or yeah, something like that. Yeah. Killing a guy and taking his his wife. Uh, you got to admit, you know, if if David were coming to our churches today, we wouldn't let him pass the offering plate. You know, that's, that's a very, very bad thing that he did. Um and so, and so marriages that have terrible, sinful beginnings, should we end them? Does God want us to get rid of our, un, you know, the, the unlawful marriages that we started? Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, say a marriage is still a marriage. Yes. And marriage is holy no matter who your spouse is and no matter how you did it. It's still a marriage that God um, expects us to be faithful to. Yeah, and I, I just wanted to add, if if you are in a if you were in a marriage prior to knowing what Jesus actually wants us to do, and and you're in a, a marriage situation now, now is the time to try to work it out with your spouse, and and you know you need to pray and i always tell people who are married you need to always pray first and ask god to guide you before you get married yes, before you get married but while if, if you are in that david, situation if only david did that <laughs> yeah and so of course as we know the story bathsheba uh, with um, david david had repented and i think that is one of the reasons why and of course the bible doesn't really say pastor lewis why god allowed Bathsheba to stay, but does well, it? Well, the truth is, the truth is that God, God doesn't force. He allows us to make choices, yeah. and then after we make those choices, He allows the consequences to come. Yes. and that did happen to David. Boy, did it happen to David! It happened. I mean, the consequences went all the way to yes. Absalom. Yes. 
Um, so no, God is not going to force. He is not going to threaten. He will. He has already given His law to warn us, and we need to listen to that. But uh, when we make mistakes, God says, "From now on, be faithful." But there may be consequences yes, after there that. There will always be consequences yeah. for breaking God's law. And I really appreciate what you said that. Um, you know, if, if people find themselves in David's situation where here you have a wrong marriage and you didn't obey God when you got married, the good news is that God has so much grace. Yes. Amen. God has so much grace and so much forgiveness, and he can still use the marriage. He did use David and Bathsheba's marriage. The next king of Israel was Solomon. That's right. And Solomon was Bathsheba's son. That's right. And Solomon became the king who was the wisest man who ever lived, and his kingdom far outshone any king's reign, even up until today. And so was it a bad move? Was it a sinful move that David did? Yes, but God can take even the worst things that have happened to us or that we've done and turn it into something good. That's how powerful his grace yes. is. But I also wanted to point out, though, that Solomon wasn't born until after David had repented from Nathan's rebuke. Right. And therefore, yeah. he God did repent, had yes. then turned and blessed David again. And, of course, we know King Solomon was the wisest king that ever lived. Mm. Man. So, yes, we, you know, these are some questions, too, like some of these perplexed questions. We can always ask God when we get to heaven. <laughs> but, yeah, the well, Bible, you know, doesn't really. Well, he, like I said, the principle, on the principle here is God, the answer is not divorce. Yeah. The answer is be faithful. Be faithful with the situation that you're in. From now on, be faithful, but don't do it again. It's kind of like what Jesus said to the woman caught in yes. adultery. You know, he says, neither do I condemn thee. In yes. other words, forgiveness. Now go and sin, sin. no more. That's, right. That's always the the answer. Um, divorce really should be the, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to, uh, a oh, while geez. back, a while back, somebody asked me, you know, should I divorce? And uh, should we divorce? I was having marriage counseling. And I said, have you done everything in in, in God's way? to save the marriage. If you haven't and you divorce, um, you will always have that in the back of your mind. Yes, you know, that did I do everything God, do it, did I do everything cooperating with God to save the marriage? And uh, I, I say, um, before you divorce, you should be able to say, yes, I did everything um, in God's power to save it. Yes. And so that's my, that's my, um, that's my uh, counsel to people who are considering because the first the first uh, answer shouldn't be that uh, the first answer should be Jesus and Jesus can do a lot of things to the, those who believe amen and uh, even the impossible and for those of you who haven't been married yet <clears throat> I on a personal note I, I definitely like to ask that you pray definitely before you pray you get a partner to be married with because God at God has given us the opportunity to, to pray and ask him, um, there was a text from from when uh, in I believe it was Genesis where um, Isaac mm -hmm. Isaac was, uh, well was going to get married or was to Abraham be married. Abraham wanted yeah. him to be married to yeah. a godly woman, someone that would love God too. And the servant had the list that he had prayed for, and the Lord had provided. So you know what? That was a blessed prayer. Know. Was a big part in the choice yeah. of I Isaac's wife, and he, Isaac wasn't even the one who chose her. Yeah. Pastor, it's, yeah. it's funny because Pastor Lou and, it's, and I had this conversation about <laughs> who should marry. You know, our kids should marry, and we start laughing about it because. Yeah. We always yeah. have these thoughts. These of thoughts, like, yes. Uh, do we marry for love? Do we marry for other <laughs> for reasons? <one. laughs> yeah. And, uh, and we both came to the conclusion that it has to be God's let way. God let, yes. let God lead. Let God Pray lead. for our children that they will find godly spouses that would love God first. Mm. Okay, as you can hear from the music, we have hit our halfway point. We're having such a wonderful time answering uh, the questions by reading the scriptures. We hope, as you're tuned in, that you will not go away. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. There was a beginning. There will be an end. Then there's forever. It's easy to forget that when there are so many things happening here, now. Jesus can teach, learn from him, share what you know, and see lives changed. For followers of Jesus, there's a big job. 
It starts with go and includes sharing what you know wherever you go. Follow Jesus. There will always be a future. Joy FM, family-friendly radio. Welcome back to the second half of Straight from the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. You can email your questions anytime to Bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit your questions online to joyfmradio.net or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us now for Straight from the Bible. And we have now returned from our break. We're so glad that you are still tuned in. And we would like to invite you to pick up your phones right now and dial in 472-1111 to bring your Bible questions here to our program. And we want to get answers for your Bible questions straight from the Bible. That's if you're calling from Guam, from the CNMI, Saipan, Tinian, and Rhoda, please dial 323-1113, 323-1113. Go to facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio and go to the live stream and you can see uh, Elder Francis and I on the video and you can also leave your question in the comment section and we'll see you right away. All right, so let's go ahead and go to our next caller. And this person is remaining anonymous, so we'll just listen uh, to the question. Hello, welcome to Straight from the Bible. You're on the air. Hi, Pastor Mossman. Hello, hello. Thanks for calling today. You're welcome. And so do you have a question? My question for today is, if a certain individual, male or female, um, they have a sex change. A sex change, okay. Yes, yeah, so, and in that process, you know, they go from male to female, and during that time, they, you know, I guess, find Christ in their heart, and they go to church, would that still be a sin, or would they be accepted in church, or how does that work? Excellent question. Excellent question. Thank you very much for asking. Um, If you'll permit me, um, I know that there's what they call operations and surgical means for changing gender. Mm-hmm. Or would they call it actually, Pastor Lewis, they yeah. call it gender reassignment. Gen- gender reassignment, that's fine. Yeah. Um, if you'll permit me, I would like to honor women right now and say there's a lot more to being a woman than simply having things removed and having injections with estrogen and things like that. Um, even after the gender reassignment, if we're going to use that term, uh, that is still not a woman. It's still a man because that person cannot lactate. That person cannot uh, get impregnated. That person has different bone structure. And if you, even without all of that, if you took the blood and sent it to a lab and ask, is this a man or a woman, they will say it's still a man. So if you'll permit me, um, I still want to call a spade a spade. Um, even after that surgery, that is still a man. But you raise a very good question that if this person comes to Christ and yeah. then, um, you know, uh, is it still, will that person still be accepted by God? Can that person still be accepted into the church? I would like to um, ask Elder Francis to comment and then I'll, I'll, okay. I'll look up another verse. So I'm sorry, uh, I, I know I don't have your name, but Sister, when you, when you come to Jesus, God, of course, loves all his children. But yes. especially those who decide yes, to turn from mm-hmm. sin and truly give their hearts to him. Now, if this person, whether male or female, that has had the gender reassignment, loves God and comes to him and asks for true forgiveness, of course, God will forgive them and take them back in. However, mm-hmm. when you also know that you cannot change what you've already redone, mm-hmm. I mean, there are many, if you do studies and, and you can look at it, a lot of... Uh, gender reassignments after they've done it after maybe like a year or two sometimes longer down the line some of the, many of them regret what they have done there's because a, there's a high percentage of that yeah yeah because what you've done you've already mutilated yourself uh, whether you're a male and you you have your uh, genitals uh, removed uh, or if you're a female and then you remove your breasts for example and you go through all these injections when you come to the lord you know, the Lord says, 
uh, come to him, yeah. right? And you come to him as you are. However, if you are a male and you know you're a male, uh, male and you're a female now and you're, you're trying to date other male yeah. Christians in the, in the faith. church, then you're actually, you're, you're, you know that God says you're not supposed to even do that. Mm. You know, I, I would like to point out that although there was no surgery being, well, I don't know, back in, if, uh, back in Bible days, um, I would like to read a verse found in the book of First Corinthians chapter 6. And the word that is used here is very close to what we might consider trans. Um, in First uh, Corinthians chapter 6 and reading verse 9, it says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now listen to the, the list here. It says, Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abuser, abusers of themselves with mankind. And the word, that phrase, abusers of themselves with mankind, is basically a sodomite. But, so the Apostle Paul clearly states how God views that kind of lifestyle. But at the end, in verse 11, it says, and such were some of you. So the people who were effeminate and, and uh, living that lifestyle, he says, you were like that, but you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Now, I want you to consider something, dear sister. He's talking to a church in Corinth. That tells me that there are people in the church in Corinth who were effeminate, who were uh, abusers of themselves with other men, and yet they're in church. And so that yeah. tells me that God was calling them. They, they gave their lives to God. They gave their lives to Jesus. And the Apostle Paul says, you are all washed and you're clean and you're justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. And they were now worshiping in church with the rest of the Corinthians. So that tells me that, you know, I'm a pastor. If a person comes from this lifestyle and says, you know, I would like to, uh, I would like to have my life changed by Jesus, I have every reason to welcome that person without any judgment or condemnation, welcome them with open arms into the grace of God, into the fellowship of the church, and that person can be my brother or sister in Christ just as much as anybody Amen. else, just as much as anybody else. And I do mean that without any condemnation or, pre or prejudice, um, because that's the way God looks at a person. Who comes to him and that's the way I should look at him as well yes and the thing about this text also says that they walked with God after mm -hmm. so you know that they did not go back to that lifestyle now if you do decide to go back to that type of lifestyle then you are actually going back to your sin and God says do not do that and that's what the church is for to help yes. you know to help a person walk according to faith um, and, and we know it's a struggle I mean there are so many uh, well, every sin is a, yes. is a struggle, isn't it? <laughs> but what I mean is yeah. nowadays it it's, uh, seems to be uh, something that people seem to accept without using te uh, biblical um, pr um, biblical sound advice from God. And, right. Uh, yeah, so they often give them the, a different answer and not the one from the Bible. Right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, does that answer your question, um, yes, sister? Yes, It does? Yes, Okay. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that it was um, that we're making ourselves clear. <laughs> so, thank you. Thank you yes, for your God question bless. and thank you for your call. So just to, yes, just to you know, Pastor yes. Lewis, that's something that um, I see in the news a lot nowadays. Uh, it mm -hmm. seems to be such a big issue. Uh, and so right now there's a lot of things moving in the world today, not just the United States. Uh, you know, even other places I've seen, even traditional other places where there was very zero to little um, mm. transgender for example I, yeah it wasn't the norm yeah but now it seems to be something that is widely accept, accepted and you know cultures come and go cultures change and people's ideas change and you know change change comes but one thing that doesn't change are the principles of god's word these things amen. are eternal amen and I would rather build my life and what I believe on something that is sturdy and dependable and rock solid than the shifting tides yeah. of human opinion. And uh, if if uh, society decides to call any sin, not just what we're talking about now, but any sin, 
acceptable. Um, I'd rather go with what well, God says. That's also in the Bible. Mm-hmm. I believe Second or First Timothy. I, I'm, I'm, uh, it that's talked right. about how the end times, how people would be, and uh, type of uh, lifestyles they have. That's right. And so it's a struggle for many people. But you know. it is a struggle. Uh, we are all struggling with that's sin, right. and just like any sin, this particular lifestyle still has the grace of God. If it is applied, Salvation. it can save and that's cleanse. Right. And can be overcome. Amen. Okay, it looks like we're going to be talking to John, and let's uh, hear John's question. Hello, welcome to Straight from the Bible. John, you're on the air. Hey, thank you very much. You know, I was reading my Bible last night uh, in part of the Revelation. I forgot which chapter was I was reading. It's, you know, when you die, you're not going to be, you're in a new place. No more crying. No more, everything is cool already. Yes. I, I forgot what chapter was that. Chapter 21. 20. Uh, 21, yes, you're right. Yeah. Uh, where it says, and there shall be no more uh, death, no more sorrow, nor crying. That's yeah, Revelation 21, no verse 4. Yeah. So Revelation 21, 24. Yeah, you're, you're thinking of chapter 21 of Revelations. I can read it for you, John. Yes, please. Chapter four, uh, 21, verse 4 says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. Former, the former things are passed away. And so that's, that's the, the one. That's yes. the one. So you have a question about that, sir? So, uh, you know, because uh, my question is, is it, uh, when we die, is this all the, that's the main point. We're, we're going to be in a new place, you know, as a Christian, right? Okay. That's a very good question that many people, yeah. yes, many, many people, John, when uh, I'm sure you've heard it many times in, in, at funerals or you've seen it in TV. Yeah. When a person dies, they go to heaven or they go to hell. I yeah. Would, well, John, here's, here's the truth. Mm-hmm. If you were reading Revelation 21, that was verse 4. Yeah. But verse, if you look at verse 1, it's telling yeah. it's telling you when this is going to happen. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's uh, listen to Back verse up one. And look at verse one of twenty one. Mm-hmm. Verse okay. one says, "And I saw a new heaven and mm-hmm. a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea." So mm-hmm. you see, so you see, John, this is not when you die. This does mm-hmm. not happen when you die. This happens. God is going to wipe away all tears where there's no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more sickness. That will happen when God creates a new heaven and a new earth, and this earth is passed away. Yeah. And and it even says there's no more sea. So this is when God creates everything new. So this does not happen when you die. Okay, it happens, okay, okay, when, okay. It happens uh, after the events of Jesus' second coming. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's actually things that happen prior to you getting to heaven um, after Jesus comes. So, yeah, it's a it's a deep study, John. I know mm. it's going to be injustice to try to tell you all the texts that we can go over right now. Okay. But if you look at verse 1, like Pastor Lewis said, mentioned, it kind of is a precursor to verse 4. So... The new heaven is not here yet, and neither is the new earth, because we're still here on the first earth. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right, you're right okay. So once Does Jesus that, comes again, uh, he's going to make everything new, and that we look forward to that day. And if you have loved ones who have passed away, we look forward to meeting them uh, in Christ if they died as Christians. Does, yeah. Does that answer your question, sir? Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly under whatever, because, you know, we're having those tonight, so I just want to tell them about something that, you know, will <laughs> make them, you know, strong and, and remember yes. that, you know, it, 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 we're not at the end. It's still going to come. That's where, that's when we all believe that that's when it, we, we see the end. There's actually another text you can look at. Let me see yeah. if I can find it for you. Okay. And it's coming where? from First uh, Thessalonians. Four. Okay. Chapter four. Verse fifteen and sixteen. Uh, sixteen and seventeen. Yeah. For the Lord himself yeah. shall descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the mm-hmm. dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we that are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And so those verses tell us that when Jesus comes, and then and then verse eighteen says, Wherefore comfort one another with these words. So these verses are clearly telling us when the dead will go to heaven. And it is, okay. when, it is when Jesus returns. Yeah. All right. First Thessalonians 
4. Chapter 4, 16 to 18, right? 16 to 18, right. Okay, I'm going to read that one now in in my my language. Wonderful. Yes, thank you, John. Thank you for calling. God God bless everybody. Thank you. God bless you, sir. All right, God bless you guys. (laughs) Bye. Good questions that coming. Is a very in. good question. You know, that's yeah. a, a lot of things that people don't understand about the death. And uh, you know, yes, it's a very sad event. But some people fast forward that that first uh, Revelation <laughs> well, chapter twenty one. Whenever four. we yeah, whenever we're looking at a verse, it really helps to look at the context yes. and see what is being oh. described here. Is it describing death or is it describing? Describing something else. Hmm. Yes. But I really, really like the verse that he brought to our attention where God will wipe away all tears from our eyes and he will get rid of death and he will get rid of sorrow Amen. and suffering. That is something to look forward to. And it makes you want Jesus to come even sooner. Amen. <laughs> okay. Well, it looks like we have about 15, well, less than 15 minutes. I think that we have plenty of time to take a couple more calls, but that is if you call right now. So 472-1111. You don't have to wonder why, why are you even thinking about it? Pick up your phone right now. Take your phone, dial. If you're driving, pull over first and uh, call that number, 472-1111. Saipantinian and Rhoda can dial 323-1113. Okay, until then, we do have an email question. And here is the question. It says, uh, this is from Joe, and uh, Joe is um, writing from Manila. Are humans truly evil inside? Mm. Are, are humans truly evil inside? I've always read and heard that people need Jesus to be good. I find, it hard, I find that hard to believe since many just want to put good out in the world, and I have met many good people who are not spiritually inclined. For myself, I like to think I have good intentions at heart and express that through action. So what does the Bible say about this? Can someone just be a good person? You know, Pastor Rosa, I I've always heard discussions about this. If I just do good, I'll get to heaven. You know, you often hear, hear this. If I just do good and, and I, I keep my nose clean, I don't hurt anyone, I don't step on anyone, I don't hurt. You know, I don't cheat, I don't steal, I don't kill. Uh, can I still get to heaven, I, you or know, will I still get to heaven? I've heard that before many times. Let me tell. Let me uh, suggest where the problem lies. I think we have a very low estimate of what it means to be good. Yes. Um, Many times we can flatter ourselves that we're good, and we flatter humanity in saying we're doing a lot of good. But if God were to reveal to us the high standard of good that he has, we will say, as Isaiah did in Isaiah 64, 6, In Isaiah 64, 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses, that's all the good that we do, mm-hmm. are as, all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. We don't, you know, the unregenerate heart flatters ourselves that we're okay, that we're good. But according to whose standard? According to our standard, we, we can make ourselves look really yes. good. It's almost like a little child measuring himself and saying, hey, look, I'm six feet tall. You see, uh, by whose standard are we measuring our goodness? Because yeah. if we use human standards, then yes, we can flatter ourselves all the live long day. But God's standard and his uh, standard of righteousness far exceeds our our understanding and if we would compare ourselves to him, we would see that we are not so good at all. No. And uh, you have a verse, and I think I would like to uh, look at another verse. So go ahead. Yes, actually, I have two, if, if you permit me, Pastor. Um, so Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, if uh, Joe is listening, uh, or those that are listening, it says here, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. That's one. And then verse 22 says, Many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Have we not cast out devils? Wow. That's a very good thing, right? Mm -hmm. And in thy name done many wonderful works or things. Yeah. Like Uh, charity, like uh, all sorts of things. That is all wonderful. And 
then in verse 23, Jesus says, will I profess unto them, I never knew you depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Oh, all of that stuff that we just named, he said iniquity. Yeah. And so again, God sees things far different than we do. Um, Many times the quote unquote good things that we do are tainted with even just a little bit of selfishness. Intentions. Um, There are many people who say, oh, that person's giving so much money to the poor. Yes, but why? Um, You know, I can't see their heart, but in their heart, are they doing it purely for for the glory of God, totally and selfishly, or are they doing it like Jesus said and to the Pharisees back in his yeah. day, you're doing it so that you can have the applause and admiration of other people. Yeah. So here's another so, thing, and, and Joe pointed out, as yeah. long as we do good, isn't that something good? And yes, yeah. doing good is wonderful. If it's good. <laughs> and, it, and it's good, but the, the, the bottom line is people will do good things and Jesus will say, I never knew you. So the key thing is you have to know Jesus. Mm. If you don't know Jesus, how are you going to do good? Matter of fact, the rich young ruler, and I don't, we're mm. not going to go to it, but a young man came to Jesus and said, Master, how can I be saved? How can I get to heaven? Because mm-hmm. I'm what sure Joe, that's kind of, I think that's kind of where Joe's question is kind of going. If I just do good, will I, will I get in heaven? I mean, we're all innately good. I had a professor once said that. We're all good. And I said, mm. well, professor, you can go talk to the people down at DLC and say, you know, we're, they were good people at one time. but And, and they'll say, at. I'm still a good yeah. person. <laughs> and, they'll, and they'll say, I'm a good person. And, you know, I'm not judging anybody. Yeah, I'm not judging we're, them we're not, either. But, but all, but of these, human, all, yeah. all of humanity is judged. Yes. Is judged because we came from sinful parents. Yes. We come with a sinful nature. And every and, good and thing. And text. Yeah. And every. 623. Yeah. And every good thing we do yeah. is as filthy rags. Yes. And by the way, that filthy rags. That's that's the rags of a leper. <laughs> yeah, that's what's being described. It's all wrapped the, around the sores and the yeah. filled with pus. But Jesus said something in the book of John, chapter 15, verse 5. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do how much? Nothing. Nothing. This is what... I think is very important to grasp. The moment we say, do I need Jesus in order to do good or can I just be good all by myself? That is very similar to the sacrifice of Cain. Cain, he didn't want to sacrifice a lamb, which symbolized Jesus. He didn't want to sacrifice a lamb in order to be accepted by God. He brought forth his own fruit, his own produce the things that he produced himself and he was not accepted why because no matter how much good a person brings out in his life he has done one thing that is not good rejected the son of god and when you reject jesus how can you say that is good the one person that god has appointed to be the, the way, the truth, and the life, the only way to the kingdom of heaven, the only person who can truly represent the Father, the only person who, through whom the Holy Spirit comes into our life. How can we reject him and call ourselves good when we have done that, when, when we look at Calvary and we say, I don't want any of that. I despise what is happening on, on Calvary. We cannot call that a good act. And anything good after that is a rejection of the, of the express will of God. And so it may seem like a cut and dry thing and say, well, I'll just be good and save myself, mm. but that we cannot be good if we reject the truth of God. This is human nature. The Pharisees tried it, you know, trying to save themselves with their own righteousness. Cain tried it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the, um, all throughout church history, there were people who tried to just simply earn their way to the kingdom of heaven until one person, his name was Martin Luther, the German reformer, he realized that all of the good things that he did could not give him peace. There was only one thing that gave him peace. One thing that really did fill his life with goodness, and it was when he simply had faith in what God had already provided, Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Yeah, Pastor Lewis. Oh, I didn't mean to preach, but yeah. No. <laughs> no. Uh, so, Joe, along that lines, if you're listening, uh, the story I was actually wanted to share with you and Pastor Lewis and the listeners is uh, from Luke chapter 18, verse 18. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And this is Jesus' reply in verse 19. And Jesus said unto him, Why do you call me good? None is good save one that is God. So even Jesus was saying that there's no one good but God. Except God. We're really not good, according no. <laughs> to what Jesus just said. That's right. And then he says, Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not kill. Do not uh, bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And he says, I have done all this since I was young, uh, a youth. You know, I'm doing it now as a, a young man. And then Jesus said, You heard these things. And he said unto him, You lack one thing. Mm -hmm. Go and sell your stuff and distribute it to the poor, and thou shalt. Uh, have treasure in heaven and, and come then follow me. Come follow me. Come follow me. So, uh, again, yeah. there's all, even after you sell all your things and you become poor, um, that still doesn't avail you anything if you're not following yeah. Jesus. That Jesus is the ingredient that makes all the good things That's right. true, uh, in their true place. I think when you see that you are a sinner, I think when people see that they're a sinner, sinners in need of a savior, then they realize what true goodness is oh, yes. coming from God. That's right. Matter of fact, the Bible says all good things come from the Father above. And, and so, well, you yeah. know, I, you want to be we, good? <laughs> we can go on for two more hours yeah. talking about this. This is because a subject that we can, yes, there's so a, many texts. It's a central theme in the Bible because it is a central problem in human nature. And yes. that, you know, the Bible says that our hearts are desperately wicked and, uh, and deceitful yes. above all things. We can't afford to let our hearts deceive us. We have to take a good look at Examine. the Word of God and what it says about us and how we, are to, how we are to be commended by God. And it isn't through what we do. It's through what Jesus has done for us. Amen. And so that brings us to the end of our program. We're so Wonderful. very glad that you have uh, joined us in this journey of Straight from the Bible. And we would like to invite you again to tune in next Monday for another time of Straight from the Bible. This is Pastor Louis Moffness, Francis Bellaris, saying good night. Good night. God bless. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Straight from the Bible. If you missed out on your question and would like to have it aired next time, you can also email us anytime to bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit them online at joyfmradio.net or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us again next time for another edition of Straight from the Bible. Until then, may God bless you as you study His Holy Word, the Bible.